Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Our furry gal, Betty White, is by our side, and we are back for episode 50 of the Arner Adventures podcast. The big 5050. I Whoa. mean, it's incredible. In- incredible. Oh my God. I can't believe it. 50. No, nor can I. We just crossed 40, it seems like. I know. Yeah, I know. Well, today we have a Spark in Our Lives episode for you, but before we get to her, let's get to our review of the week. Today's review comes from Dana X73. Dana says, this podcast is always upbeat, refreshing, and exactly what is needed to get you motivated and inspired to live the life that you truly desire. Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Dana. Very nice, Dana. Just get better and better. (laughs) Us or the reviews? The reviews. <laughs> oh, well, that was just so great. And if you all will do us a solid, as Dana has done, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're feeling super generous, give us a five-star review. It helps us so much and keeps us so inspired, right? Oh, oh, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love hearing from you, you know? Our guest today is Lorraine Miano. Lorraine is no stranger to Arner Ventures, uh, well, to, to us anyway, and we call all aspects of our life an adventure. Right. Lorraine has been part of a few of our adventures through life. Lorraine does so much to inspire women, but also is so knowledgeable about holistic health. We learned so much from her in a workshop that I participated in a few years ago that we still implement today. Yeah, yeah. We talk about some of those in this episode, too. Um, well, should we go ahead and get to the chat with Lorraine? Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. I have a special bond with our guest today. Her name is Lorraine Miano. Even though we haven't seen each other in a while, she's someone who has not only helped me put holistic health practices in place, but when I was not well physically nor mentally a few years back, Lorraine was one of those people who were so supportive and provided so much care. I'm not going to (laughs) cry. Love and just one of the warmest and most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to women and holistic health, which is why we wanted her to be a guest on the show. Lorraine Miano is an integrative holistic health coach certified in hormone health and author of the best-selling book, The Magic of Menopause, A Holistic Guide to Getting Your Happy Back. She's especially passionate about working with women in all phases of menopause who have weight, metabolism, and aging concerns so that they can have more energy, less stress, and feel comfortable in their own skin. As she says, it's time to change how we think and act about the change of life. 
Lorraine, thank you so much for being here. Hello, Shannon. I love you. I love, I love you too. I'm so excited. We've already cried before we started recording. Yeah. So I'm going to try not to in this, but I will tell you that my family and people in my life have heard your name several times. This won't be very new to them. I mean, the information probably will be, but you will not be new to them, but to our audience and to people who listen, who know a little bit about our Jerry and I's journey moving forward. I will say that you have been an integral part of that. I feel like this was long overdue and I'm just so glad that that you're here and we're going to do this. I'm so excited. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. And um, I look, I'm looking forward to our little chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. A few years back, and I, you had uh, a women's health support group that I was a part of. So many of the things in that group and the things that you were teaching us and we were learning, I remember hearing the term uh, integrative holistic health I'm pretty open-minded about things, but I do, I do remember thinking, oh, it's a little woo-woo and I don't know if this stuff's going to work. And I don't know. Cause you know, we, we go to our doctors and gosh, we've talked about this on the show before that you just put all your trust in them. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're people too. And mm -hmm. if they had the training, great. If they didn't have the training in this, then you're just poly medicine, you know, yeah. constantly to fix whatever's going on. So some people might hear the word holistic and think, oh, it's taboo, it's woo-woo, it's out there. So if you don't mind sharing, how mm -hmm. did you get into this? How did you navigate from Western medicine and its medical misogyny? Well, first, let me say that there's so many wonderful things about Western medicine. For instance, yeah. antibiotics have saved so many lives and acute trauma care. I mean, so important, right? Western medicine was created by men for men. And unbelievably, it wasn't until 2014 that NIH really acknowledged that women are left out of clinical trials. Basically, all of the trials that are done, even on hormone health for women, when they realized that estrogen was lacking later after um, postmenopause and was leading to heart disease, right. the trials that they did were on men not even women. So there's been so much lacking in Western medicine regarding women's health that there's just so many misconceptions. There's um, a lack of knowledge. Even if you go to your gynecologist, many of them are not even educated in menopause. And that's why a lot of women come looking for help because they're basically told, suck it up. This is what happens right. at your age. And, and literally this started really just a hundred years ago prior to that. And even in the U.S., about 50% of universities were holistic, homeopathic based. It wasn't until the early 1900s and introduced Rockefeller, Carnegie, and there's mm -hmm. something called the Flexner Report, which people should look up, where Rockefeller really wanted to have a monopoly on not only petrochemicals, but on the medical field also. So by uh, instituting this report, they basically reduced the amount of universities. They had to be approved by the AMA. There, there was probably, I think, six to seven black universities for doctor for black doctors, and they eliminated most of them. Now, and to this day, I think there are only two black univer medical universities. 
So they did so much to undermine health. And because he wanted no competition with now it was they were creating medicine, right? Pharmaceuticals. Right. He, they with the grant money that they gave to these universities, they had to take out of the curriculum any any mention of holistic natural remedies that have been around for thousands of years, any mention of nutrition and diet. So basically, that's where medical schools are now. So these doctors oh, are not in any kind of natural remedies. And um, there's, I mean, there were some good things that came out of the report because, you know, there could be some quackery going on, you know, yeah. back then, um, and even to this day. But for the most part, over all these centuries, we were using holistic medicine to help people in a natural, hol you know, holistic and homeopathic way. And most of the people that were doing that were women. They were the ones who were doing the herbal medicine, the holistic medicine. Because they they recognized they were uh, that those worked, and then were they? And I guess we could probably read the report, but were women at, at that point in an uproar that they were not that they were underserved in the studies and all of this? I mean, I think that women have always kind of been put on the back burner in the medical community uh, when it came to menopause, in particular, even years ago, even now, doctors. If a woman is coming in with all of these issues and they really don't know how to diagnose her, sometimes they're diagnosed with hysteria. Oh, this woman is just crazy. She's just yeah. not, not even realizing what's going on with her body because they just don't have an answer for them. Yeah. And this has gone on for centuries. I wrote an article about medical misogyny and the horrific yeah. practices that they did on women from um, involuntary sterilizations to um, removing the clitoris to, I mean horrific things that they did to women and particularly to the African-American community. Right. So, yeah. It's I do your research ladies, because yeah. there have been horrific things in our past, in our medical past. Speaking of that article, you stated we somehow grow accustomed to the chronic stress we experience on a daily basis. 100% we do with mm -hmm. women who suffer hormonal imbalances. How will they know that their bodies are suffering and it's not just another stressful day? Over the course of time, of course, we be, like we said, we become accustomed to the stress that we're experiencing. However, if you're a woman who's either in their early to mid 40s and on top of those stress levels, you may be experiencing other symptoms that you might not have had before, like anxiety, uh, low libido a weight gain that just all of a sudden you can, just can't keep the weight off, dry hair, hair falling out. When you have a yep. combination of these symptoms, you can pretty much guarantee that you're in the perimenopause years, which they usually, the average age is mid forties. So if your stress levels, which may seem, you know, you, you're, you're accustomed to them, but your hormones start fluctuating. And then all of a sudden that stress and your adrenals are working overtime it can cause cortisol levels to escalate, which then leads to hormone imbalances in your estrogen and progesterone, which could lead to estrogen dominance. And then you have all these other symptoms, which are those low libido, losing hair, weight gain, those kinds of things. So it could be a combination of things happening. And when there's multiple things happening, you probably guarantee that you're in the perimenopausal years. Huh. I'm glad you're saying this. And you know what, as you're talking, like a, a lot of the cortisol levels and things, are, that's coming back to me from some of the things that you talked about. <laughs> but uh, when I, and I've talked about this before too, but when, when I was not well physically nor mentally and was not really doing well at all and was really depressed, 
my hair was falling out and my, my nails were breaking off and like my body, you could, I mean, what stress does to your body is terrible. And so I worked really hard to get things back on the healthy front with that. Most recently, and I am very mid 40 right now, (laughs) Um, (laughs) mid forties. Most recently I noticed some of the things were happening again. And I was like, wait a minute, like, what am I doing? What's happening here? I don't understand. And they talked to a healthcare provider. Um, she just told me, you know, I need to increase my biotin and, um, you know, I mean, we could talk about medicine. I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to do all that. But I guess now that you're saying this about perimenopause, maybe some of those factors are coming into place. And then you also have well, some people say, well, because I, I did get COVID and they're like, well, it could be long-term effects from COVID, you know, long COVID. Do you think that if someone is experiencing that, and it, you know, you've got a multiple different things it could be, should you kind of assume, all right, this is perimenopause? It sounds like yes. Yeah. I mean, and if it's nothing serious, I mean, we yeah. always want to, of course, eliminate any possible health conditions. So it sounds like you did go to, to your healthcare provider and they yeah. eliminated everything else. So yeah. yeah, you can assume it's probably perimenopause. Yeah. And for most women that can last anywhere from two to 15 years. Some yeah. have many symptoms, some have no symptoms, and it could all be directly related to lifestyle. And um, whether it's a cumulative thing from when you're very young or what you're mm-hmm. doing now, like we talked about stress. So if your stress levels are way off the charts, of course, you may have more symptoms than someone else who's managing their stress levels. And of course, right. there's so many ways to do that. Yeah. Meditation, journaling, yeah. um, deep breathing, going for a massage, saying no is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Boundaries, boundaries, yeah. boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Something I constantly struggle with, but I'm so much better than I used to be. This episode is brought to you by Southern Oak Artisan. We love Southern Oak Artisan. Their candles bring a really cool vibe to our bungalow. They do. Southern Oak Artisan makes 100% natural soy candles that are not only aesthetically pleasing, and we love that they're in these you know, really cute little jars, reusable by the way, but their clean scents are light and not overwhelming like other candles. My favorite is the morning brew. Any time of day that smells good. Mm, Mine is the lime, but no salt. Or maybe the sommelier Chardonnay. Do you think there's a theme going with me there? Oh, maybe. (laughs) They have really great scents to choose from. They're only made with the highest quality ingredients, so they aren't toxic like a lot of candles are. 100% natural soy, clean, fragrance oils. You just feel good with the air in your home being clean while burning these candles. Mm, Yes. Well, for our listeners, we have a discount code. It is ADVENTURE, and it will save you 10% off of your order at southernoakartisan.com or their Etsy shop. We're going to link it for you in the show notes, too. Southern Oak Artisan, curating something a little bit extra. It's the Southern way. What? is one of the, I'm sure you've heard a ton, the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard someone say about menopause? Well, I, you know, I, I, I kind of think about this all the time because I ask women like directly, I don't know that I've heard anything totally ridiculous, but for, I, I, I kind of, I have a list of things that okay, and I, and I post them. So one of them is you are too young to be menopausal. So this is like things that they hear from their doctors. Okay. You're too young to be menopausal. And the women, the woman might be 50. Okay. Right. So just another idea that 
doctors really aren't educated in menopause and they have no idea really what's going on. Right. This is, a woman said this, when I talked to my doctor about my symptoms and what I could do to help ease them, he replied, you don't seem very cranky to me. Oh Another was told, I was told that's just how it is. My roller coaster emotions would be this way until I'm fully in menopause. And then she prescribed an antidepressant and appetite suppressant. Oh. Another one said, I was told the weight gain, sleepless nights, and low libido was just part of the process, but that I looked really good for my age. And I'd then these are ridiculous, Lorraine. Right? Yeah, they're ridiculous, but they weren't said directly to me. It's what I've heard though. This okay. One, this woman said she told, this is a female gynecologist. She told me that the sudden weight gain was due to me probably having a sugar addiction I wasn't aware of. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These are some of the many, many comments that I've heard from women of what their doctors have told them. Well, and it all goes back to, again, I, I love, love, love my provider. I think she is wonderful. And there are wonderful um, providers. Don't get me wrong. Yes. There are wonderful providers. And I, I do feel like I poo-poo on providers a lot, but I, I'm I'm not. I, I, I always say there are, there's so many wonderful providers and I'm so glad they're there. But what I always, and I'm not an expert, but what I always say, especially now that my parents are getting older and and, you know, they're going to doctors and it's just, and, and not just them. A lot of people go and they just take it for what it is. Okay. They said I should do this, or they said this, I'm just going to do it. And I just feel like if you don't advocate for your, your own health, mm -hmm. no one else is going to the way that you exactly. are. They're people, they're going to go home and have their life. They're not going to sit around thinking about, well, I wonder how Shannon's doing tonight. I wonder if she took right. my advice on what I, you know? And and yeah. so I, I think the more you research and learn and, and of course, use them as part of your health team, mm -hmm. then it's, it's so much more beneficial than just taking it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, you know, our Western medicine is a pill for an ill. So basically, they're just treating the symptom and rarely getting to the underlying reasons that you're experiencing these symptoms. Right. And honestly, I just I recently and I'm paying out of pocket for this doctor because he's so wonderful. He is an orthopedist surgeon. However, I am seeing him for my osteoporosis that I was recently um, diagnosed with. Right. And he basically saved my mom's life because I'm not going to name the university that's in this area that she actually had their infectious disease people try to cure the staph infection in her hip after a surgery and then kind of threw their arms up in the air and said, well, we've done everything. The hip needs to come out and she may never be able to have it be put back in and she'll be in a wheelchair the rest of her life. Thankfully, my mom said, no, I'm not doing that. And we found this wonderful doctor and he, he used not only the antibiotics, but also he used supplements. He did complete blood work on her to see what her body was deficient in that uh -huh. wasn't allowing her to fight the infection. And he had her on quite a few supplements, but she's walking. She, the staph infection's gone and he is absolutely fabulous. And he's the one who told me, unfortunately, doctors coming out of university, out of medical school are taught one way this is the symptom, this is the pill. And they don't deviate from that. They won't go into the holistic end of things. They won't look for other remedies. 
So I actually contacted the infectious disease center there and said, this is what has happened. I was very, very um, polite. I wanted him to be able to help other people because he was wonderful. He really cared about my mom. I'm not saying that he didn't, but he was following their protocol. I said, I just wanted you to know she's cured. This is what this doctor did. And he's very happy to talk to you about it. And he, and the doctor that I'm going to is actually a um, graduate of that medical school. So I said, feel free to contact him. He thanked me. He said he would. And to this date, he hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) This doctor is the one who told me, he said, they have a protocol they follow. And if that doesn't work, then that's it. Is there not continuing education for the for doctors to go? And is this not on the docket? Honestly, don't know the answer to that. You that would hope it. there would be. I mean, you're a hairdresser. You have to go for continuing education. You would right. think a medical professional would have to. But unfortunately, I don't think the continuing education includes any holistic methods. Interesting. So. The more that people lean more towards that way... And unfortunately, the more financially it hurts mm-hmm. certain practices, then then they'll go to where the money is. If they start losing patients and all that, you know, it's all, it seems like with government or any of that, it, it all comes back to the money. Yeah. You and know? there are wonderful um, functional medicine doctors who look, take a holistic approach to looking at everything. Unfortunately, most of them are not covered by insurance. So the only people that really can go to them are people who can pay out of pocket, but they will get to the root of what is going on in your body. So I would suggest if you can afford it to look for a functional medicine doctor. Would you just encourage them to call and ask about that? Or is there like a database for that? There is a database. Um, If they just Google functional medicine doctors nationwide, there is a database for it. And then they can search in their area. Vaginas. (laughs) he's gonna listen to this later and be like oh okay okay (laughs) i can see him now i remember when i was in college i think and the vagina monologues came out and it was so taboo like oh my god you can't even mention that v word like but we need to talk about them so for any woman who's not yet in her zest or premenopausal stage, what is some advice you would offer in helping them take better care of themselves, their vaginas, whether it be with cramping, you know, daily health, keep their overall vagina health in check. Do you have some tips and, and things that you recommend? Yeah. Number one, moisturize your vagina daily. And that's different than a lubricant. Okay. That you're using during sex, during sex. You want to moisturize the same as you would moisturize any other part of your body. And you want a healthy organic uh, one without any toxins in it. But our vaginas have their own microbiome, like the same way that your gut does. So there's like a lot of good bacteria and we want to keep the um, acid pH correct. So things that we don't want to do are use drying soaps or many feminine hygiene items like uh, many women use like the wipes, sanitary wipes and things like that. Do not use them. They mess up your microbiome down there and can lead to UTIs and infections and that kind of thing. So as women become in the postmenopause, excuse me, postmenopause years, the vagina walls may thin. There's a lot of drying and that's because estrogen is declining. So many women choose to do um, during the perimenopause years, do hormone replacement therapy um, I, I personally didn't, and I like to guide women who want the more holistic approach because there are many who can't do it either due to a, um, 
cancer, previous cancer diagnosis, family history of it, or side effects. So I chose not to, but it can help with the prevention of vaginal atrophy, which is like the thinning and the drying. Yep. But using a daily lubricant, excuse me, daily moisturizer can help with that. And the number one thing that can help is consistently having sexual intercourse with penetration. Interesting. It is, it is the use it or lose it. It makes more blood flow there. And if you're not having it with a partner, even by yourself. So there are yeah. so many products for women during menopause that they can help themselves to have more blood flow there. The blood flow is what's going to keep things working correctly. So um, the more sex you have, and I know women during these years that, you know, the low, if they have the low libido, there's so many ways to help that too, from adaptogen herbs to just a mindset and lifestyle changes, encouraging more romance, romanticism, things like that. So if, if the low libido is a problem, you can address that first and right. then have as much sex as you can. Right. <laughs> oh, I will tell you what I learned from you and, and you'll have to tell me if I, I know as a lubricant, but I you'll have to tell me if it's a good moisture. I mean, I know it's a good moisturizer, you know, for your skin and, and, I know and everything. What you're the coconut oil. Coconut oil. Yeah. Yes. You can use coconut oil as a moisturizer and as a lubricant. However, if you're using it as a lubricant during sex, you, you don't use it. Um, you don't want to use any oil-based lubricants with if you're using a condom because it could break down the integrity of it. You want to oh. just use like water-based things for that. But yeah. You are the person who, and I, I love coconut oil for everything anyway, but as skincare, Mm -hmm. lubricant, all of that. You are the person who, who taught me that and turned me on to that. And I tell everybody about coconut oil, everybody. Yes. I, I mean, I cannot, they should give me a brand deal. The, the coconut industry should give me a brand deal. <laughs> it's good for the inside of your body, for the outside of your body. <laughs> yeah. We, we never not have it in our kitchen pantry. I mean, never, never. My husband, um, he gets like really, um, dried lips. He had um, cancer years ago and he doesn't have salivary glands anymore so from the radiation and stuff. So he just gets like really dry lips. He said the coconut oil works better than any kind of chapstick or anything you can spend your money on. He said that works the best out of any, anything. Oh, mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'll, I, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about all these things. Cause you know, you read all these studies and I swear this happened to me when I was in high school that I, my lips became addicted to chapstick. Like I had to have it all the time. And it's like, if I didn't put it on like once an hour or so, my lips were so dry. It's like they needed it. And now I'm like, what in the world was in that that made it do that? But now I do pay attention to to what I put on because of also the app I have for the EWG. Right. You taught me that too. Um, <laughs> we're going to put that in the show notes because I think that is so important to read labels I pay so much attention to that, especially, of course, with food. For me, labels come into my life more for like if I'm going to get something that is for the house for skincare or whatever. Mm -hmm. I that is on my phone still. From yeah, when we use so many products. I think it's um, each, each woman uses on average at least twelve products a day on their bodies, and all of that's being absorbed into your skin. Yeah. And so we want to really make sure that what we're putting on our skin isn't causing cancer or yeah. hormone disruption, other, yeah. you know, other things, asthma. I mean, a lot of things that we don't even realize could be causing us health issues.
When we downsized and moved to our coastal bungalow, we knew what we wanted as far as a beachy coastal vibe aesthetic. If you're someone who follows our blog, you've seen me mention the book Surf Shack, Laid Back Living by the Water. I love it. I love the lifestyle, the whole surfer beach bungalow look. Even though we aren't surfers, we still want that sort of feel in our home. Laid back, casual, but also really cute. In comes Havenly. Havenly allows you to use the services of a professional designer virtually. After taking the Havenly design quiz, I was perfectly matched with my designer, Alyssa. Alyssa had experience with pet-friendly homes, small homes, coastal vibe aesthetic. She was able to extract my ideas that were living inside my brain and put them into her design magic skills to cultivate exactly what we envisioned. Check out the before and after on our website, arneradventures.com slash Havenly. That's H-A-V-E-N-L-Y. Alyssa just got it. She put together idea boards. I got to choose. We conversed back and forth. We even had a virtual call. It was just so easy. She was a real person, not some, you know, robot thing, the algorithm that they just matched us together. Alyssa's a person and she really did get it. Our space is wonderful. It's such an easy process. They have various packages that you can do for your living room or you can do your kitchen or bathroom or even a podcast room. They will match you with someone who can help you design that. If you would like to try Havenly, and I suggest that you do, go to their website, havenly.com, or you can use all the links down in the show notes, but use code ARNER25, that's A-R-N-E-R 25, and receive 25% off of your design package. What a deal. You're just going to love it. Now let's get back to the show. So you brought it up while ago that you were recently diagnosed with osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. And while researching how to take care of your body, you discovered, did you discover vibrational therapy or was that what this holistic doctor helped you? No, I, so I did research on ways to help, help myself grow bone back. I didn't want to just stop the bone loss. I wanted to be able to grow new bone. So um, vibrational therapy came up and actually NASA uses it. Um, They've had, they had, I think it was the Russian space program had, these astronauts come back and they saw that they were losing bone at a greater um, rate than normal people from being, I guess, uh, out in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so they discovered that the vibration therapy actually increased bone growth when they used it. So um, I, I already knew that rebounding, like on a trampoline, NASA had also um, done research on that and discovered that that would increase bone growth. And so I already have that, the trampoline, but it also can be not so good if you have pelvic floor issues. Right. So <laughs> I'm working on that. So, but when I saw the vibration therapy, there were so many other benefits to it. It's, it, it increases bone density, it increases muscle mass, it improves circulation, reduces joint pain, reduces back pain, which I have a compressed disc in my back. It's been helpful with that. Although you have to be careful if you have serious back um, issues, it might be the opposite for vibrational therapy. So you just have to be careful, check with your doctor. Um, uh-huh. It alleviates stress. It boosts your metabolism. I mean, there's like so many benefits to it. I'm like, why wouldn't I do this? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And is the vibrational therapy 
the trampoline or like what, what no exactly? it's, it's, it's actually a, it's called the power plate the one that i have i have it on my in my menopause market so it, okay. it it's a form of therapy where it you stand on it and you do these certain exercises specifically for osteoporosis is a set of exercises that i do and it's literally it takes about 20 minutes it's 10 minutes of exercise you do one minute on one minute off you don't want to do consistent vibration for the whole time okay and um, you stand on it and you do the exercises on it, or you can do planks on it or all kinds uh -huh. of things. It feels great. I mean, even if you just stand on it, if you have like a, like an issue in your hip, you can lay on it and just have the vibration kind of um, hit the hip area. It's great. So um, yeah, so it's, it's basically this plate that vibrates and it just vibrates your whole body. It has different settings for different levels of vibration for the osteoporosis. I'm on the lowest setting. I'm hoping okay. once, once I go back from my bone density and they tell me that all my bones are good, then I can up it. <laughs> but you've, you've always, as long as I've known, you've been a big believer and practice of Pilates. You're yes. still doing that? Yeah. And, yeah. and mostly, I mean, of course, it's great for everything about your body. I mainly do it for flexibility and core strength because, you know, yeah. our core strength is going to keep us being able to get up off the toilet when we're older. So we don't end up in a nursing home. And, um, and I want to be able to get on the floor and wrestle with the grandkids. I'm yeah. up to school. <laughs> so I want to be able to do all those things. So the Pilates, it's, it's good for bone health, but so much more in your body too. Yeah. I love it. I've been doing it, I think for about 15 years now. Oh, wow. If you are someone who has never done Pilates and maybe you're financially strained and you can't go to an instructor, is there something you recommend or is it safe to kind of look on YouTube and follow some Pilates videos? Well, what I would suggest, because the, the ones that you'll, that you'll see on the videos are uh, mat Pilates. When you do mat Pilates, I would suggest at least taking a couple of classes, maybe at the Y or somewhere yeah. so somebody can watch you do them because you can't hurt yourself. I've done it. I've done yeah. like a, um, a virtual thing with, and I've been doing it for 15 years. I was away and during COVID, she wasn't, you know, having people come in and I did it and I hurt myself, you know, so you oh. do want to be careful. So at least know what you're doing before you do the YouTube videos. Okay. Um, I would say the why is pretty um, inexpensive. If you can yeah. take some classes with the why or that kind of thing with the mat Pilates. If you have, if you've been diagnosed with, um, a back issue or um, uh, my daughter has um, scoliosis, like those uh -huh. kinds of things. We were able to actually um, have insurance cover some Pilates instruction on the machines. So if you are suffering with any of those kind of issues, you may be able to have um, insurance cover some of the Pilates. Okay. You have, of course, have an instructor that is certified and accepts insurance. What would you say are either your top or a couple things that you do every single day to help with postmenopausal life? Well, I would say everything we've been talking about is yeah. movement. Movement is a big one. I try to do something every day, whether it's my Pilates, walking. Yeah. And walking is great, uh, a great way to relieve stress. Yeah. Especially with anxiety. I found that when I was having panic attacks, it yep. was a great a stress reliever. And then the other thing, I take supplements every day. So I'm 64 years old. I am not on any medications. And which I'm proud to say, yeah, I <laughs> know, I take, but I do take multiple supplements that I feel help me. And as we were talking about the osteoporosis, I would say two of the big ones are a D3 with a K2 vitamin and ladies do not take calcium supplements. You probably saw that on my social media recently. Uh huh. 
So calcium, it has been proven not to prevent fractures and it does increase the risk of cardiovascular and coronary heart disease in otherwise healthy women, postmenopausal women. So stay away from the calcium and take a K2 with your D3, of course, with your healthcare provider guidance. And if you're on um, uh, blood thinners, you might want to not do it unless you are doing it under the guidance of your doctor. The K2, what is K2? Um, you'll find that in a lot of your um, green veggies, like kale and romaine and that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, okay. we don't eat enough of those kinds of things. And most people are deficient in K. And I think that if I had known that, if my doctor had told me that years ago at my first bone density in 2014, when I had great bones and would have told me, you need to be taking D3 and K2 to keep them during your menopause years, I probably wouldn't have osteoporosis. Even to this day, when I was with my diagnosis, my healthcare provider, my primary healthcare provider, a woman, her recommendation was take a calcium supplement and take a bio, I forget how you say it, biophosphate. It's like Fosamax or one of those things, one of those drugs that increases bone, which have side effects. And it does increase bone, but not healthy, good bone. Mm. So, uh, so I was kind of shocked that she not once did she say, take the K2 with the D3. She did say take the D3, but she didn't say take the K2 with it and did tell me to take calcium. So uh, I was like shocked because then I went to my gynecologist after that and said, yeah, she told me this. And she goes, no, why would she tell you to take calcium? Calcium (laughs) is not. So this is where the medical world drives me crazy. And I do have a third thing. The third thing is mindset. I I want women to have menopositivity. So especially as they go through these years, um, there's so much to look forward to. And like every day I try to set a positive mindset of something I want to do each day to make me feel good or make somebody else feel good or be yeah. inspiring or whatever. So it helps me to have a really good day and to keep that positive mindset as, you know, as we're aging. I feel like you also, and I'm not saying you're, I think you're superhuman, but I'm not saying you're, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not superhuman. Uh, you're superhuman and don't have bad days. And again, I haven't been around you for a long time, but I, I mean, I do follow you on social media, but even, even when I was around you a lot more, I never ever could, could recall a time that you did not have a positive mindset. Jerry and I are always intrigued by mindset and want to know what, what gets people there. Is it positive self-talk or I know you just, you just mentioned a couple of things, but I'm sure you have times that you're like, you know, this, I feel really shitty. And so I'm wondering, what do you do to get yourself out of that? Believe me, I've had really dark days in my life. My, like I said, my husband had cancer at the same time that my son was in Iraq during the first year of the war when my daughters were diagnosed with both of them were diagnosed with celiac, one had osteopenia at age 20. I mean, different things during my life definitely were dark. Right. And but I always, I have God. That is one mm-hmm. thing. I pray every day. Yeah. I feel that I always put out in the universe that things will be better. I never felt either that my husband, that I would lose my husband or my son. I always had like good, positive thoughts about it. And I, and I was able to get through those days just by praying and just knowing that they would be okay. And I am a big promoter of manifesting. I know that's yeah. another thing, but manifestation has gotten me through my life. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell my husband, I manifested him into my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
I manifested. I said I wanted a son and two daughters. I have a son and two daughters. <laughs> I mean, just like little silly, you know, I mean, it could be considered like little silly things but yeah. in my life and the things that I have really wanted and put out in the universe. I feel like being positive and, and, and being that woo woo person just a little bit has really yeah. benefited me in my life. You know what I've realized? What's that, Jer? People think that when the temperatures cool down that you don't need to drink as much water. Dehydration can happen any time of year. Drinking water is important year-round. It's easy to stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Absolutely. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet, so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. So many flavors to choose from, too. Grape, tropical punch guava, passion fruit, strawberry. Okay, okay. Liquid IV has a ton of flavors. There is something for everyone. If you want your water to work harder for you, you should definitely try Liquid IV. And for our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com and use code ARNERADVENTURES, you can save 15% and get free shipping. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. Thank you said about toxic positivity too yeah yeah i mean it, it, you can't it, not everything is rainbows and butterflies and everything every day definitely we we have we have struggles life is hard but i think that if we can make it through each day you've made it at the end of the day you've made it it could yeah. be the hardest day up until that point but you made it through it so tomorrow's a new day i have sort of come into the manifestation probably this past year i firmly believe now that the more energy you put out that's negative, that, I mean, that's what's going to come to you is yeah. you're, you're putting it out there. So why, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think for me, it's a, I mean, it's a work in progress every single day. When, when I talk to someone about their mindset and it's, it's just that, I mean, I say it's that simple, but yeah, just trying to put that positive energy out there. And I think if you're working on it and you're trying to, that's a good thing, you know, yeah. instead of just wallowing. It's someone uh, on the podcast, but he said something I think about all the time is you might as well, you know, try at least to try to think positive. There's nothing, no one, you're not going to get a medal for being depressed. And I'm not saying, look, I mean, I'm not saying you can't, depression isn't real, it's very real. And yeah. I mean, I know that, but sitting and wallowing, outside of depression, sitting and wallowing in the worry and the concerns. It's not, it's not something that anyone's looking at you going, Oh, that's great. That's great. They're doing that. You, there's nothing that's going to come out of it. And I constantly tell myself that about worrying. It's not an action. It's nothing that I can do about my situation by sitting and just worrying about it. Mm -hmm. So putting the positive things out into the world. Yeah definitely helps mindset. So I like hearing that from you. It's true. And you know, a lot of women, they, all they see are all these negative things about menopause. Yes. You know, Western culture does a great job of just vilifying it and just making it awful. Something that you need to avoid almost like it's a disease. Yeah. And I tell women, if you go into menopause, thinking of it in a positive way, thinking it can be magical, yeah. then chances are you will have a better menopause. But of course, if you go into it thinking it's going to be awful, oh my God, here I go. I'm, I'm, I'm into those years. This is going to be awful. <laughs> then it will be. Then it will be. I, you know, your book, The Magic of Menopause, I read it. With, and just because 
I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit to you that when you came out with it, I'm like, well, okay, I'm gonna support Lorraine. I'm gonna get this book and read it. And it really changed my and I think I said this at the time and I mean it, it really changed my perception of it. I do not worry about menopause. I never since that book I haven't worried about it. It's not something I think, oh God, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, well, I mean, if you it's if a you natural get a mindset or if you, yeah, it's a natural thing and you have you have so many key things that you can do to help yourself and then of mm -hmm. course the mindset and then yeah, the I mean the magic of it. It's got the little fairy and all that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's such, it takes the fear and the scare tactics we've had through our whole life and gives you facts. And like you said at the beginning, it, it tells you kind of the history of it, but it makes you look at that part of your life as the best part of your life and yeah. not being scared of it. It can yeah. be the very best, you know, best years. I mean, I feel so much more confident now than I ever did before. I feel healthier now than I did in my early forties. Um, and I'm, and I'm taking the steps to make that happen. It's not, I'm not just sitting back and like, you know, letting it happen. I mean, I do, I'm proactive in being preventative with a lot of possible health issues. So, and I think that if women do that, first of all, it's fun. I mean, I do a lot of things that are fun, you know, act yeah. actively. And so I think really just paying attention to the fact that things can be positive and magical. Well, as a holistic practitioner, what is one product you wish every woman would stop using. Okay, you're gonna laugh, I think, at this one, but dryer sheets and fabric softeners. Well, They're I know that from you, so it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Okay, so those are probably the most toxic things in your household. Number one, because they're full of all kinds of chemicals that are cancer producing, hormone disrupting, allergen, asthmatic, you name it. But they're on your clothes that you're wearing all day long uh -huh. and they're emitting, they're being put into your skin. You sweat, it's even more, it's going to get in there and it's all day long being released onto your body and in your body. And I am tired of walking around my neighborhood smelling. I'm not going to name the, the particular one, but it's a very popular one yep. coming out of everybody's dryer vents because you are also ruining my air for me. Yes. <laughs> And what does that say about it? That it happens to me too. When we're walking in the mornings, I'm like, oh my gosh, what does that say about it? That you're smelling from the outside on the street, that person's fabric softener or any of that. It's crazy. Yeah. So we really, I mean, I would say that's probably the most toxic thing in the house. What you can do instead, because I know people like soft clothes. So you can use those wool dryer balls that you yep, can put in. Yeah. And if you like, if you miss having a scent, you can use some essential oil, but just like a few drops on the dryer ball. But if it, it if, if it affects your skin, then, you know, as an irritant, then of course don't. Or you can, or you can do both of these things. Put about a half a cup of distilled white vinegar in your rinse. And you can also put a, a few drops of essential oil in that. And the white vinegar, you won't smell it at all. It rinses out, so it won't be in your clothes, but it does soften them up a bit. Okay. We don't do that, but that's... That's great. But yeah, we, we got those balls back mm -hmm. in the day when you were talking about that in our group, I believe. But I tell you what, when I can even be around someone, I'm like, golly, you're definitely using those. <laughs> it's perfumey. It's, you know, yes. 
Yeah, very. Oh. So many, so many um, fragrances in it and perfumes. And also, when it, I mean, if you come right down to it, even the detergent that you're using, you should probably avoid anything with fragrance or irritants. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite soaps is Charlie's soap, and it's like a yep. dry kind of soap. I mean, my clothes feel smell great after I use that. It's just yeah. like fresh air, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. So you just like look for those and EWG, you can probably do a search on there for some healthy ones to use. Speaking of the products, you have your menopause market. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. So I decided to curate products for women because they're always asking me, what do you use? You know, what's good? And so I have a, a link on my website where I have like everything from supplements to exercise equipment to beauty and skincare to, um, foods even like teas and things like that. And then I also have another uh, link for symptoms and then I'll kind of link the symptoms to the products so that you, there's different things that you can use according to what symptoms that you're having. So yeah, I figured, you know, I curate them for women because they're always asking me and I want yeah. to be safe and best for them. Many of them I use and if I'm not using them, I know people who do use them. We were talking earlier about the the some of the practices that well I say we because Jerry just follows along with whatever I do, <laughs> but uh, some of the practices that I learned from you that we still do today are the tongue scraping mm -hmm. and and dry brushing like skin brushing we still yeah. do do both of those. I would love it if you could talk about the tongue scraping because, you know, people will see like if somebody comes over, like, what are you doing? And I go, well, I know it. I mean, I know it's good for me, but I can't even really explain anymore why it's good. So would you, would you talk about that? The, the, the tongue scraping? Yeah. So there's so many toxins in our body and many of them are in our mouth on our tongues. So by doing the tongue scraping, you're getting a lot of that out of your mouth. It could also help with, um, food cravings, because sometimes after you've eaten something, the taste of it may still linger in your mouth. And believe it or not, it could lead to cravings for other things. So getting uh -huh. scraping your tongue after you eat can get rid of can get rid of that too. But mostly it's for health. I mean, the bacteria in your mouth can lead to so much more in your body to your heart and gut and different health conditions. So getting those toxins out by tongue scraping is so beneficial. Yeah. And that's an Ayurvedic practice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and another, it, it also helps. I mean, if you have bad breath, halitosis, you know, things like that, it can help with that. Just doing that. Cause most of that could just be coming from the bacteria in your mouth. Do you even own a microwave? I do. And I do, but I don't, I do not cook food in it. I do heat like, uh, like melt butter, maybe sometimes, or to, okay. I, I rarely do any, any cooking. I will not cook yeah. in it. I cook on the stove, even if I'm, he, I'm reheating food, I'll reheat it in the oven. I'll reheat it in a pot. We rarely use the microwave. I think about that whenever we have anything to warm up in, in the microwave, I think about you and how that was the first time I'd ever heard it. I didn't know anything about that and just the, the energy and all that. Um, but I think about it. I'm like, do I need to use the microwave yeah. or can I put this in the oven and, you know, reheat it? But yeah. Yeah, just so your listeners know, like when you talk about the energy, there's a certain warmth and love that come from preparing food for someone cooking the food versus yeah. heating it in a microwave. Another woo-woo thought, but it's true. I mean, if you're actually cooking something and heating something, it, it just is so much more when it's coming from love. From Yeah. You. 
Okay, so we're gonna get to your fast five questions. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one is vacation or staycation? Vacation. Wine or chocolate? Chocolate. <laughs> These are fast for you. Superwoman or Wonder Woman? Hmm. Can I be a little bit of both? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, a little bit of both. Depending on the day. <laughs> yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Betty White or Estelle Getty? Betty White. There you go. I love that. Yeah, I know you do. And I love Betty White. <laughs> I know, I know. I love pictures of your Betty White. Oh, oh, and she's our golden girl now. She's 12. So now we actually call her our golden girl Aww. because she's a senior now. So, Aww. but she's living her best life. You know, she's as you get older, it doesn't change. Yeah, she's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Okay. So the question we ask everyone and we think is the most important is what does a life well lived mean to you? The short answer is I made the time. And to say a little bit more about that. So I made the time to spend time with loved ones, to travel, to celebrate, to pursue my passion and to take care of my health. And to add on top of that, um, I, I feel like a, a life well lived is when I leave this earth, I wanna feel like I've inspired others to live a good life and that I'll be a fond memory forever for my loved ones, especially my grandchildren. And something today popped up in on my feed, and I'm always about serendipitous moments. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about that, because I knew you were going to ask me because I listened to the podcast. So this popped up, and I'm like, how how appropriate this was. It's a it's a quote by Deepak Chopra, who's a mm -hmm. mind body wellness person mm -hmm. expert, and he says, when you express your unique talents and use them in the service of humanity, you create abundance in your life and the lives of others. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. Stop it. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking that you, what you've done for me, I know what you said about a life well lived and it's like, well, you've done it. I mean, you've, you've definitely been uh, a huge inspiration for me. And um, I can't, I can't Shannon, put it into words. You don't have to Shannon. First of all, I know before we got on this, this chat, we, we talked a little bit and I, and I, and I really feel you've been inspiring to me because you are one of those people who actually takes the steps to do the things to make their life better. And I've been watching your progress. I've been watching your posts and, and you and Jerry are just like living the life. And you, you did the things that you wanted to do to make a better life. And that is inspiring to me. And I feel so grateful to have had you be in my life back then. And I'm so happy for the new connection that we're making again now. That warms my heart. It, everything is a work in progress and you work every day to, to even, I mean, I, I just think life is all about doing better every single day. Yeah. Anyway, I think of you because of my practices and things I do every day. But as I was preparing for this and just really honing in, I'm like, gosh, I, I'm where I am really because of so many of the things that Lorraine taught me and, and that relationship. And I'm just... I'm really, really grateful. And, yeah. and I will, I will tell you this and, um, I almost don't want to go there too much, but when I was at a really bad point, like after Pharrell passed away mm -hmm. and, um, 
I was shutting myself off and I wouldn't, I wouldn't get out. And, you know, I always say Pharrell gave me the gift of being able to say no and get away and put up some boundaries. You're the first person that I met and sat down with and, and talked to because, and I think I told you, no, I think I made some, some excuses for a while as to why I wouldn't meet you, but you're the first person that I did and you made it so whether you did get it or whether you didn't, you were just so embracing of where I was. And um, it w- it just seemed very unconditional and warm. And I just, I value that so yeah. much. And I, re- I remember that. I remember that conversation. And sometimes people just need to be heard and they don't need to be talked at. They yeah. just really need to be heard and where they're at and what they're going through. And I remember you saying you don't want advice. You didn't want advice from people because people were coming at you with all kinds of things. You just really, just really just wanted to grieve and you just wanted yeah. to be heard. Yeah. I'm so happy. Um, I I'm so happy I was there for you. I, and I, I remember, I remember. I, so your life well lived, you, you have it because you are such an inspiration. <laughs> Well, okay. My so day. <laughs> I'm going to dry it up. And if you could please tell our audience how they can find you, how they can get linked up with any of your offerings, your book, everything. Of course, we're going to link all of this down in the show notes. Yeah. So um, my website is themagicofmenopause.com on Instagram at the magic of menopause. Facebook is making menopause magical. And, and if you go to that, there's a link to a support group, which I have, I think like, um, I think I'm up to 2,400 women in the support group. So, and we just do free challenges and different things like that in there, which we're doing a walking challenge right now, which is great. And um, yeah, and, and all the other links are on my website for the menopause market, the symptoms tab. I do have a, a making perimenopause magical program. It's like an online program, things like that. So all of those links are on my website. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't know about the Facebook group. So I'm going to go and get in that. Um, And my book is on Amazon if anybody wants to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I figure we're going to link to it, but (laughs) yes. And I highly encourage any woman to read the book. There's so many great nuggets. And even if you're not, if you're not in that wonderful part of your life yet, you won't be fearful to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lorraine, thank you so much for being here. This was so great. And I'm just so thankful. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to see you again. So happy to see you. Well, that was wonderful. Right? As usual. Boy, we really get them. We really get the good guests, don't we? (laughs) We really do. (laughs) You know, you just finished watching it. What did you think? What were some of your key takeaways? Well, it was great. And for one thing, I was familiar somewhat with Lorraine from when you knew her Mm -hmm. back in Wake Forest. And, uh, so I, I sort of knew what, where everything was going. And I mean, I loved it. I, uh, the coconut oil. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Coconut oil. We, we were introduced to the many benefits of coconut oil from Lorraine. Yeah. And dry brushing. Dry brushing. Yeah. yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, and we, I, we've been doing that now for years since Lorraine, you know, told yeah. us about it. I go back to it a lot. And mm-hmm. and I actually, I actually did that this morning. Oh. And, and I did. Yeah. I just because I saw it there and I was like, oh, the dry brush. Mm-hmm. I, I think that she has so many great nuggets to offer for women, but also just for everyone with, with great holistic health. No, she does. Definitely. Oh, and did we, do we mention the coconut oil? <laughs> I, if we didn't, 
the many, many uses. Uh, <laughs> of coconut oil. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. We've, we've now mentioned it a few times, but um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. they, it's very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Well, if this episode struck your fancy, or if you know of someone who would benefit from the wonderful knowledge Lorraine was dropping, we'd love it if you would share it. Screenshot it, text the link to a friend. We would appreciate you spreading the love. As always, you can find us at arneradventures.com on Instagram at arneradventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. <laughs>